0: The first lesson is taken from the 10th chapter of Acts. Peter began to speak to the people. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Here ends the first lesson. We will now read responsively Psalm 118, verses 1 through 2 and 14 through 24. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my song, and He has become my salvation. The right hand of the Lord has triumphed. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The The right hand of the Lord has triumphed. The Lord has punished me sorely but he did not hand me over to death. This is the gate of the Lord. He who is righteous may enter. The same stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. On this day the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The second lesson is taken from the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Here ends the second lesson.
1: Please rise as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Have you ever tried to explain Easter to someone who hadn't heard it before? I mean, really break it down. You tell the story that Jesus was betrayed, denied by his friends, murdered on a cross, was laid in a tomb, that tomb was sealed, and then three days later, a very large stone was mysteriously rolled away. The women go to look for his body, and boom, a messenger appears and says, he's been raised, he's not here, the tomb is empty, and Christ is risen. And the thing is, I have no explanations for any of that. And I often see the person that I'm trying to tell this story to get very confused as well. And they're like, hey, tell me more details. We want the ins and the outs, the how it all happened, the science behind it. And I really can't. That's the mystery. That's the challenge of faith. I don't have explanations for that but I do have experiences of that. I've seen it happen in my own life. I have experienced resurrection. I've experienced transformation and that I can explain. And honestly, the resurrection story isn't new. It's the pinnacle of what God has been doing all along. It's everywhere in our Old Testament readings that seem to never end. I think that's the point. They were declaring that God has always been in the life-giving business. And sometimes it's hard to see the resurrection story when we stare at the tomb that's before us, when we are overcome by grief, by challenge, by pain and loss. So I want you to just think back onto your life just this year. Were you freed from any patterns or behaviors that impoverished and diminished your life? Maybe you worked too hard and didn't spend enough time with family. And maybe in this pandemic, you found new ways to connect with people you hadn't with in a while. Maybe you were overstressed and finally had time to spend outside and exercise, or the chance to dig into those books you always wanted to read. Did you roll back those stones? The stones of white supremacy, nationalism, and discrimination in our lives? The stones that keep us all from living into our full humanity? Are not all of these the retelling of the Israelites escaping the bondage of Egypt? And what about when Jesus gave sight to the blind man? How were your eyes opened this year? How did you experience seeing the world, another person, and yourself anew? And what about Jesus cleansing the temple? Haven't there been times when you cleaned out and made a new start? Maybe that was your resurrection or when you felt the presence of a loved one who had died. You can feel them there, maybe spoke to them and heard their voice. Is that not the raising of Lazarus? Isn't that more resurrection? Can you recall a friend who did and said exactly what you needed when you were in your own wilderness and they didn't ask for a thing? They nourished your life the same way Jesus fed the multitude. These kinds of things are happening all the time in a thousand different ways. A thousand different ways that God comes to us, rolling away the stones and reveals what we have through relationship with Jesus. And that is everlasting life. A promise to continue to be resurrected over and over and over again. And I think that leaves us with two questions. Two questions that stand as bookends to the story. And the first is this. Is it still true? Is this story true in your life and my life today? Not that the story has changed since last year, but because our story has changed since last year. Our life is different today from what it was last Easter. And honestly, whether your life has changed and is different from last either Easter, and it is for better or for worse or for a mixture of both, the story still remains true. Regardless of who you are and what you've done and what you've left undone, Easter is still happening. And you can count on that, even in the midst of a pandemic. That story was true yesterday. It's true today. And it will be true tomorrow. And I'm not saying that we are always going to see it. It may take months and even years for resurrection to free us from the tomb and pull us out of our darkness, but it will. And that is the promise of today that God never leaves anyone in the darkness of the tomb. It's hard to believe sometimes that here we are, a year and some change from the start of this pandemic. Here we are in a very different place than we were last year, a place that was filled with so much unknowing and still is. Many of us didn't think we would make it to this point, and many of us didn't. And it felt as though we were stuck in the darkness of the tomb with no light at the end of it. Hard to find hope. Hard to know what would come next. And yet, here we are. Changed and transformed. We've journeyed the way to the cross like we never have before. Revealing who we are in the midst of the journey. I never thought that my own journey would lead me to Liverpool to be with you all for these past nine months, over Zoom and phone calls, TV screens and laptops. I never thought that my summer would be filled with protests and fighting for my right to live and be treated equally as a black person. I never thought I'd see our own Americans storm our capital. I never thought I'd struggle with my own faith this much out of seminary. I never thought that we'd be worshiping online with today being the first time I've even met or seen so many of you. I never thought that my ministry would begin in the middle of a pandemic. I never thought that I'd experience so much loneliness, sadness, joy, and hope all at the same time this year. And yet, I never thought that we'd be abandoned by God and left to our own devices. I never thought that I'd see scripture come alive in ways more relevant than it ever had before. I never thought that God's grace would ever stop. Even in the midst of the darkness of this tomb this year, I never thought God would leave us here. We never thought that this is how God would save us, through sacrificing God's self on the cross, lowering God's self to be with the least of us, to live with us, to suffer with us, and to love us. Our tombs are being emptied. He has been raised. He is not here. Easter is not just something from the past to be looked at and celebrated. It is the lens through which we are to see everything. It's a life to be lived. You see, getting Jesus out of the tomb was not the goal of Easter. Easter is about our new life, our resurrection, the things we never thought could come to be. And that means that today is not the end of the story, it is the beginning. He is going ahead of you, said the messenger to the women. He is going ahead of us, rolling back stones, emptying tombs, preparing new places, and calling forth life. Easter happens in the familiar places, the relationships and the ordinary circumstances of our lives. Easter happens in the everydayness of life. Which brings me to my second question. What will you do with your new and precious life? What difference will today make tomorrow? If we leave here today, the same people we were as when we came, we've missed the point of this day. Easter isn't the remembrance and the celebration of an event that happened in history. It is here and now. It's a new way of being. It is a new way of living. So what will Eastering look like for you tomorrow? Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.